Imagine for a moment that you were at a party. You are introduced to someone you find incredibly attractive. The two of you hit it off. You're flirting, telling jokes. It's clearly going somewhere, but then they say... The earth is flat, you know. But you laugh it off because they're joking, right? Perhaps you respond with something like, and the Pope isn't Catholic. But they continue. Round Earth is a big conspiracy. They can't be serious. I am deadly serious. How would you react? How would everyone else at the party react? It's laughable, right? The Earth is undeniably round. Yet, despite the overwhelming amount of evidence, there's an ever-growing number of people who, thanks to the internet, have bought into the myth that we live on a flat disk. In this day and age, how can anyone go so hard against an easily verifiable fact? The digital age has facilitated myths traveling faster and further than ever before. Here we explore them and question what they mean to us. I'm your host, Luke Brown, and this is Internet Myths and Legends. If you couldn't tell, that is not a NASA-qualified astronaut launching himself into the air. Rather, it's Mad Mike Hughes inside his homemade steam-powered rocket. That's right, Hughes wants to go to space, his goal to determine whether or not the Earth is flat. I'll admit that when I heard about a man building a rocket in his garage out of spare parts to prove the Earth is flat, I laughed. Then when I heard... A disturbing new video shows the moments before a man who was launched in a homemade rocket plunged to his death. I thought, yeah, called that one. It's not shocking that someone who denies basic science, i.e. the shape of the Earth, would die doing an experiment that requires a lot of science. The shape of the Earth is not new knowledge. Humans have known for 2,500 years that the Earth is round. Greek astronomers obtained empirical evidence after traveling to Egypt and seeing new constellations of stars. Eratosthenes in the 3rd century BCE became the first person to calculate the circumference of the Earth using nothing more than sticks, his eyes, feet, and brains. Islamic scholars made further advanced measurements from about the 9th century CE onwards. European navigators circled the Earth in the 16th century. Over time, these observations and discoveries were repeatedly tested, proven, then eventually became accepted as fact. Still, though, there have always been people who've rejected the evidence. The most notable being Samuel Shenton, who can be viewed as the modern founder of the Flat Earth movement. He claimed that modern astronomy and spaceflight are insults to God, and divine punishment for humankind's arrogance is a mere matter of time. In 1956, he founded the International Flat Earth Research Society. It was here that he presented his idea that Earth is a flat disk centered on the North Pole the South Pole being an impenetrable wall of ice about 150 feet high. It's this wall that prevents us from falling over the edge. So what are the sun and moon? The sun and the moon are the same size, 32 miles across. The Earth does not orbit around them as it does not orbit. Instead, 
The sun and the moon move in rotating spheres some 2,500 miles above us. This is essentially the same model modern-day flat earthers still believe in. One would think that creating the Flat Earth Society so close to the launch of Sputnik, the world's first artificial satellite, would have slowed him down. But it was actually quite the opposite. His claims of government deception only elevated his popularity as a speaker. At his talks, he would insist that a Sputnik simply, simply circles over our flat disk world. Three, two, one, zero. We have commit. We have... We have liftoff. As manned spaceflight started in 1961, Shenton's denials began to attract media attention, which led to the Flat Earth Society's numbers growing. But as the membership grew, so did the derision. Being labeled a flat earther became an insult. Even members of the British Parliament slung it at each other during official proceedings. Shenton, outraged at this insult, doubled down. He was so confident that he was right that in December 1968, during the Apollo 8 mission, he declared, If they show us a very clear picture of the Earth from space, and the picture does not show all the continents, and the edge of the picture is out of perspective, then that would prove that the Earth is round. Until then, we shall continue fighting to prove the Earth is flat. Well, they did. Days later, on December 30th, NASA released a series of photos taken by the Apollo 8 astronauts. Included in the batch was a photograph that was later named Earthrise. It clearly shows a globe rising over the lunar surface. It is perhaps the most famous photograph in human history. Shenton, however, didn't keep his word. He changed tactics, insisting... That's why those Americans and Russians are so damned cunning. For some reason or other, they obviously want us to think the world is round. And some of the pictures have been blatantly doctored. That's not how the general public saw it, though. The Apollo photos and videos were enough evidence to destroy any credibility Shenton had. By the time humans set foot on the moon, the Flat Earth Society was all but a punchline. And that's how it would have stayed, except for... The internet came into every household. It promised to provide an exchange of ideas from all over the globe, and boy, did it deliver. It became a mecca for people with offbeat views to gather, leading the idea of a flat earth to once again gain traction. But unlike in the 60s, people weren't happy to accept something simply because NASA said it was so. There had been too much government deception revealed in the intervening years. MK Ultra the Tonkin incident, the Canadian government attempting to develop gaydar. Yeah, they came up with something they called the fruit machine. Oh, be nice! It was designed to root out dangerous homosexuals from civil service. Really, look it up. Suddenly, there were alternative sources providing their own alternative facts. Growing discussions online led to the relaunch of the Flat Earth Society. Once again, Flat Earthers began to gain press, And once again, the press coverage was condescending. This attitude backfired. The more that flat earthers were mocked, the deeper they dug in. A 2014 article by Katie Heaney in Pacific Standard Magazine openly mocked them. 
then went on to insult their paltry membership numbers. It's hard to recruit fresh blood for a cause that relies so heavily on our not knowing when we'll only keep knowing more. But while we were laughing, they were recruiting, and they were given a big assist by the rabbit hole that is YouTube. Its algorithm is designed to keep you on the platform as long as possible, so if you watch one video on a topic, YouTube is going to present you with another one on the same topic, regardless of veracity. YouTube has played a role in the spreading of conspiracy theories about 9-11, Sandy Hook, and Pizzagate. That one's just so stupid. Most flat earthers claim they learned about flat earth theory through YouTube. What we thought of as a laughable notion grew quickly, finding new disciples eager to learn about and spread the gospel. Rejecting what officials told you to be fact wasn't the only change from the 60s. Social attitudes changed as well. Currently, we live in an age where there is a premium on accepting individuals as they are. Gone are the days where we mock people for their race, religion, body type, sexuality. Yet, many of us who would rather tell a group of strangers three interesting facts about ourselves before using a derogatory term for any of those groups have declared war on another group. Drumroll, please. The Stupid Look no further than the comments section on any website. The go-to retort of most disagreements is... You stupid! Being made to feel stupid is one of the worst feelings you can experience. And we've all experienced it at some point. And yet we continually tell flat earthers that they are stupid. Look at how we collectively responded to the death of Mike Hughes. Take a look at this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Look, any idiot can sit in their bedroom uploading conspiracy theories to YouTube. That is absolutely insane. But it takes a special idiot to launch himself into space for the call. Wow. When you join a conspiracy theory, you get something that proves you aren't stupid. You get inside knowledge. It allows one to feel superior to the intellectual elite, the ones calling you stupid. It allows one to believe that they were smart enough to see what others were concealing. For all the cynicism required to believe in flat earth, there is also a blind optimism that goes along with it. Because in order to believe in it, you have to buy into a massive level of global deception. Not only were the moon landings faked, but every space agency is also fake. Astronauts and friends are not the only liars. Every map maker, cartographer, sailor, scientist, astronomer, people working for airlines, government, GPS, on and on and on would be involved in this lie. That would mean that there is unprecedented cooperation around the world involving millions upon millions of individuals from different countries to pull this off. And not one of them, anywhere, anytime, has slipped up and revealed the truth. Anyone who has worked on a group project could tell you someone always screws up. Anyone who has dealt with any government office can tell you they're not competent enough to run the postal service, let alone a worldwide conspiracy. But there is no evidence that will convince a flat earther that the world is round. If they were open to the evidence, then they'd already believe in it. So the question isn't why do people believe in a flat earth, but rather why do people believe in a conspiracy? And the answer is the same reason it always is, a lack of trust in the world they live in. So what should we do when we're confronted with a flat earther? Let's go back to that party. When someone says, The earth is flat, you know. What they're really saying is that they distrust scientists and science itself. Instead of arguing, 
trying to force science down their throat or stomping away, ask yourself, how can you build trust? It's not much, but it's a start. And we desperately need a start. Internet Myths and Legends is written, performed, and composed by myself, Luke Brown. Story editing is by Victoria Adam. Special thanks to Ryan M. Saro and Stephanie Hope Lawler for lending their vocal talents. See you next time. Instead of arguing, trying to force science down their throat, or stomping away, ask yourself how you can build trust. It's not much, but it's a start. And we desperately need a start.